don't allow time to rob you of something here. Holy Spirit is moving. Speaking to you. Just allow yourself the time to hear. Spirit of God is, is speaking to you, make sure that just by sitting down and getting to the next part of our time together that it's not forgotten, okay? It's not forgotten. Put it into your memory bank. Write it down. Do whatever you need to do. The Spirit of God speaking to you. They're special moments. And all God's people said to that, Amen. Amen. Take a seat, guys. Just turn to somebody, tell them how good looking they are today. Better looking than they were last week, perhaps. Cool. Thanks, team. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know why I spend a bit of time in worship of a Saturday night just as I'm going over the message and stuff for, for today. And um, It's pretty late at night when I'm, I'm doing that. And um, so I whisper the, the songs, whisper them. But I've had a couple of people come out in the middle of the night and saying, you're whispering too loud. I've got a great voice, haven't I, Marty? I've got a great voice, haven't I? I reckon I do. <laughs> Smiles. Cool. Okay, let's continue in worshipping the Lord as we look to his word. All right, just open up your hearts and minds to that. Father God, we come before you continuously now. And it's not just a once-off in your presence. We're aware of your presence wherever we go, whatever day of the week you might grant to us, whatever is happening and so on. But to come together as a community of believers and perhaps those who are searching, this is something unique and special, to do life together, to honour you together. And so we place ourselves... metaphorically speaking, sort of just at your feet. Love being the children of the Most High God in Jesus' name. And we continue just to want to sit and slowly learn from you and see, as we do our bit, to see how your spirit comes along and does something unique and profound and creates Christ-like character. Shifts. Not a self-help program, but something much more unique and special. And so we invite you to continue to do that as we look into your word, as we encourage one another, the person behind me, in front of me, beside me. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Great to have you at church today. Just a very brief announcement coming up on slide. Next week I'm away on a pastor's retreat. I know you're sad about that. I know you're sad about that. Thank you very much. I have incredible hearing and I know where that comes from. I know, I know your woo. All right? um, I've already been ridiculed about this already. Thank you, John Blunden. You know, John, I said, oh, what, you're going away fishing with a bunch of pastors, you know? Oh, that must be so hard, you know, re- re- a retreat. What do you say on Tuesday night? You're going away all the time. Right, I don't know about that. Is that right? No, of course it's not. Not enough. So um, Mark's kindly, kindly um, he shared with here, but before Mark's going to step into the pulpit and just share with you what's going on. If you want, he, um, he, he, you, you can stir him a bit. He, he, he has a caravan and it was stolen. And he's just got the, some of the insurance claim back and he's bought a new one. It's all on Facebook. So you can just ask him if you can borrow his caravan. All right? Just say, can I borrow your caravan? Just Let's have 30 people just rock on up to him. Say, can I borrow your caravan? Can I borrow your caravan? I hear you've got a caravan. Can I borrow it? Have a go at Mark. If he deserves it. All right. Okay. Have I got anything left in there? A little bit. Cool. Okay. So we've been journeying a little bit for a long time, actually, and next year it's really going to be taking shape, but this is... This year has almost been like the prequel to what I'm wanting to lead us into as followers of Jesus and what that might look like in almost a step-by-step but more so a, a choice of what area of my life would I like to see God have a little bit more control in or the movement of God's Spirit or um, what area of of Jesus' life, what I like to see become or develop into my life a little bit more. And so we'll be journeying with that next year. At the end of November, we'll be doing our AGM. We'll be just giving you a little bit of a picture of what next year might look like for you. It's an invitation, not a, a, a demand of what and who and how and where and when as well. Um, but today what we're looking at is another area of... Um, of discipline, uh, discipline in the way of one of the things that Jesus teaches us is the way or the mark of a believer in, in Christ. And as Dave has, has picked up on, it's about um, that sense of denying self. Now, how many of you were thinking, well, Dave was doing the whole chocolate marshmallow thing and up here, and I couldn't quite see it, but how many of you are thinking, is there another way to do this? If I was there, what would I do with that marshmallow? Hands up if you were trying to work through a new strategy. It's more than me. Come on, there has to be other people there. Thank you, Linda. Linda. <laughs> Let's just put a hand up to your face. I saw that hand. Because right. I was thinking, were there more than one, was there more than one kid in the room? I couldn't quite see because of Dave's, Dave's frame. Okay, so there were. So, well, that's all right. He's a big bloke. What's wrong with that? Um, and I, right. And I was thinking to talk to the kid beside me and go, I'll cut my marshmallow in half and we can each have a bit each now, but you hold on to yours until later on and we'll get two and then we'll have more. You all were thinking like that, weren't you? Hmm? Yeah. It's called strategy, people. 
could be called other things, but our resident psychologist, Chris Mark. Oh, no, he is in the room now. <laughs> He's shaking his head. It's not that. What were the rules? I mean, really? <laughs> the spirit of the game. True. So, um, as a way of just moving on and getting into things, when Jesus says to us, come follow me, the struggle that we can sometimes have is we, and we were right back here months and months ago, we, we find ourselves in Egypt where it's all about work, 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 work. Current day Egypt. It's all about survival of the fittest. It's all about work, work, work. This is my environment that I find myself in. And if you think about it for the Hebrews at that, that time, for God to call them out to say, come follow me, would be pretty difficult. And so we see through the blood of the lamb over their doorways and so on, this sacrificial um, demonstration that God's calling them out and into something new. And then through the Red Sea, the baptism and so on, that they come out into a place that really, whoa, hang on a minute. Is this what you're calling me into? I thought it was something a little bit different. And we know the stories oftentimes. I've been saying, hey, I prefer to go back and just work because I knew what that looked like. This is the world that I live in. Takes them out in, into a place of trust where it needed trust and faith. Not going around Sinai, not going over Sinai, around and over, having to go through it. The promise was to lead them into a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a weird land, isn't it, where it flows with milk and honey. But we know what he was talking about there. A place that you can call your own, a place of peace, a place where God inhabits Come, follow me. And so the journey with Jesus is about being with, being like, and doing what he did to be the apprentice of Jesus. Not a hobby, not a sidebar to life, but despite being so busy, a way of doing all of life. And so we find ourselves in Luke 18 or in Luke 9, beg your pardon, Luke 9 and 18, in particular, verse 18, and following. And it says this, Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowd say I am? And today he asked the same question, Who do you say I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, the one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he said, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, God's Messiah. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone, and he said, the Son of Man must suffer... Oh. 
You mean the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he's got to suffer? That's a weird way of God's will and purpose. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to new life. And then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily, Luke records for us. He adds that word, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will be saved. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world of Egypt And yet lose or forfeit their very self. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father of the ho- and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Bit of a weird king is Jesus. One who's going to be rejected, raised to life. Weird type of a king. Who wants, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. In other words, he's saying, in order for anything to change or happen, what must we do? Deny ourselves. If you want to be my disciple, boom, here it is. And so when we stop for a moment and think about, well, Jesus, how did you go about demonstrating or illustrating you denying yourself? And we can possibly in our minds think of a couple of moments. Garden of Gethsemane. Three times, God, if there's some way that we can get around this, if there's some way we can get over this, there's some other way in all of my humanity, despite being the incarnation as well, is there some other way can we please take that path? But not by my will, but by yours be done. To go through it, to have to go through it. And crucifixion, as we know, was uh, made into a public art by the Romans. It was humiliating, it was embarrassing to be there with blood all over you and to be in your underwear, strung up on a cross publicly for everybody to see. Diedrich Bonhoeffer in his book, Nachflogger, best way I can pronounce it, N-A-C-H-F-O-L-G-E, Nachflogger, which literally means to follow after, has this classic phrase or saying that we can hear at times, when God calls a man, he invites him to come and die. As we know, 
Bonhoeffer was killed by the Nazis. And we see this in the early church history. The traditions are where James was beheaded in Jerusalem, Matthew killed by the sword in Ethiopia, Mark dragged through the street of Alexandria by horses, Luke hung in Greece, Thomas speared to death in India, Peter upside down in Rome, John dipped in boiling oil and left to die on a rock, or some traditions say, in a slave labour labor camp on the Isle of Patmos as well. And I don't know about you, but if Jesus came into the room now and said, I need you to deny yourself, how you'd go, how I would go, I'd like to think, yes, Lord, no problems. Charles Price, when he was in, well, often he was in England, but when he was an evangelist, a young evangelist, he tells the story of one time he went to what I can only imagine to be a pub, um, but somewhere anyway, and he's talking to a young guy who's wanting to receive Jesus, just lapping it up, bang, 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 bang. Yes, 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 this is what I'm looking for. And Charles Price tells the, the, the story of, and, you know, this guy was just ready to receive, ask Jesus into his life, no worries at all. And he's there with his mentor. He was a young guy still at, at, at college. And he says, so is there any reason why you shouldn't give your life to Christ tonight? The guy goes, no, I'm ready and the guy beside him, his mentor, says, well, let me give you a few. No longer it will mean that you have authority over who you will marry and if you marry. No longer will it mean that you choose your career without asking God to be involved in it. And he listed, went on to, to list a whole bunch of things about the authority of Jesus in the person's life. And then he said, is there any reason why now you can't think of it? And he goes, yeah, there's a few reasons I can think of. You know? Oh, hang on a minute here. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. I don't know about you, but I'm not really good at ticking some of these boxes of self-denial. Something that I need to work on as I travel through the wilderness a bit. Because there's a lot of things to like in the world and what it offers. So I'd have to pull up on that sometimes and go, well, hang on a minute, what am I really choosing? And how do I go about that process? I've got a slide for you. The Knights Templars were a group of um, knights from the Catholic Church in around about 1119. And they were a military order um, who's that they were sometimes really wealthy, sometimes really really poor, but they were a military group. And their main they, they were based in uh, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And their main aim or the reason why to create this order was to help the pilgrims who were coming to Jerusalem because they had conquered it from the Muslims and so on, and they were they were there to protect them on their journey on their pilgrimages. The red cross on their cloak was to represent the willingness to be a martyr for the cause of Christ. 
when they came to being a part of their order and the, the, the process of that, they would be baptised by the Catholic Church. And one of the things that they would do was keep their sword arm out of the water. God, in other words, you can have everything of me except this. Really important. And when we reflect on that for a moment, who would seriously do that? But hang on, in some ways, we all sort of do that if we're honest with ourselves. Lord, you can have all of this, but this area of my life. This is really important to me, and I'm not ready to let it go. Imagine if we did that, almost a form of honest baptism, saying, on, before I can you know, fully be immersed, I've just got to check that there are these areas of my life that I'm, am I really ready to hand them over to you? And I don't know about you, but I feel the friction within my very being and soul in those moments, yeah? A struggle we hear. And that's, that's good because you know what's good for you. You want this, but there's this torment of, well, hang on, there are, the, oh, there are these things that are really special to me in my life. And I'm, I'm tormented by this. And if we can imagine the Jews going through the Sinai Desert, struggling backwards and forwards. I want to trust God, but uh, gee whiz, I got used to what was back there in the, in the, the world of, of, of Egypt and work, work, work. And But it doesn't seem to be the way of Jesus. His rhythm or way or pattern is death, burial, resurrection in a person's life. It's a life of self-denial. And the gospel speaks quite clearly about it when Jesus speaks. In Galatians 5, we read these words from 16 following. And it's about our life. It's about what we seek, what we desire. It says, Paul reminds us, he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. There was a struggle in the early church too with all of this. And you will not gratify the desires of, of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Can you feel that friction within you? They are in conflict with each other so that you are, so that you are not to to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this won't inherit the kingdom of God. 
But the fruit of God's Spirit at work in you is love, joy, peace. In other words, as I seek to walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh, this sense of um, come follow me and this sense of self-denial and learning it. And for some it's easier than for others. It's not about those levels. It's just about choosing. And sometimes it's two two steps back, one step forward. That's okay. This is the life I want, Lord as hard as it might be. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, as the Spirit of God begins to work in a person's life. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Well, I don't know about you, but I find that that needs to be an ongoing thing for me to be reminded, to come to church, to be encouraged again. Yes, this is who I am. This is where I belong. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. For Paul, the whole body and mind was the focal point of a person's relationship with Jesus. The battleground of the flesh, that that the spirit is almost like your second order of desires where we spoke about it last week, which seems to cultivate in you the inner disposition of Jesus. It's quite easy just to say, yep, human nature, this is just what's going to happen. But that second order is about choosing. This is what I want because I'm created differently. But there are other desires that aren't necessarily sinful. It's simply just not Jesus' call on our life. Not necessarily just sin for for what we see it as in its obvious form, but where God says, this is the way for you, walk in it. I was challenged just on Friday. I'm doing a, a, a course this year. I was online all day long from 8.30 to about 5.30, 5 o'clock, and uh, doing some stuff. And it's not just sitting in a lecture and whatever. You've got to either present or you've got to respond to the person that's, being prese- uh, that's presenting, and it, it's, it's, it's pretty heavy. And in a, a, a moment when I was talking to my supervisor just one-on-one on, on, online, she put a word out there. Um, And she's got a Catholic background, so it was really interesting. But she said, Tony, I wonder if you're called to basically the impoverished. Or how did you say it? You said the the L words. What were those? Lost, lonely, least, and last. I don't know about you, but I don't like that idea. They're hard yards with people, aren't they? But whatever the call upon your life, and I don't know whether that's that sort of, we say, oh, well, that's us as, as Christians, but it's a specific movement in that area. Right? But whatever the call upon your life is where Jesus says, come, follow me, deny yourself. Not necessarily that easy. We prefer that he just does things our way and won't cause us 
or call us into as much self-sacrifice or self-denial. Oh, Lord, let's just, you know, take it easy here. I don't want too much pain. Can we remain in Egypt just a bit? But those thoughts make us end up wandering and not experiencing the power of God at work in saying, this is what I have planned for you. You might not be able to see it even through the hard or the difficult and the mountain peak moments and all, all of it. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Cross is the foundation of apprenticeship to Jesus. Denying self, taking up a cross and following him. Could be feelings of fear, of uncertainty, of doubt, hesitation, negotiating over a marshmallow or chocolate. The definition of self-denial is the overall settled condition of life in the kingdom of God. In this alone lies the key to the soul's restoration. Christian spiritual formation rests on this indispensable foundation. In Luke 9, where Jesus is walking along with a group of people and it says, And as they were walking along on the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And he said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Oh, give me a break, Jesus. That sounds all right. They're not, that's not too rough. Come on. But some writers and authors have said that the first request is about, can I go back and take care of my family and walk my parents into aged care? Just want to take things easy and then I'll come follow you. The second thought for the second guy is, I just want to go and take care of my family needs and make sure that they're sort of secure before I come follow you. And the third one is, is there another way rather than self-denial, Jesus? The problem is being willing to pay the price. It's not about apprenticeship to Jesus versus atheism. It's apprenticeship versus vague, non-committal, consumeristic faith. That wants the benefit of Jesus without the cost. That's a mic drop moment. <laughs> it's hard. But I want to cut this morning short a little bit, come back to it in a couple of times, because while it's been heavy and you think, really, it's great coming to church today again, Pastor, thanks so much. We're reminded, I just want to put this here for you to remember. We're reminded 
of Jesus saying in other places, Matthew 13, for example, and 44 and following, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy went and did what? Sold all that he had and bought the field. It's hard to get our human head around that, isn't it? Again, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, is like, and he's speaking this to you as well as to me, is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and again sold everything he had and bought it. It's hard for us sometimes when we're experiencing more of Egypt in our Western world mindset and we're living and breathing in it or when we find ourselves in the wilderness to really see clearly enough for what is on offer here. Where we could come to a place and go, oh my goodness, I'm just going to release everything. I don't really care about anything that I hold or have or whatever else because look at what's coming. Or look at what I have now in Christ. And so I can release and let go. And self-denial is something that comes a lot easier. Or perhaps self-control of, yeah, let's put these things behind me. Somebody in the US this past week won the lotto. $1.5 billion on their own. I'm glad it wasn't me. Living in Egypt is a real struggle because we're told this is the way you should live. Self-denial? <laughs> no, no. Self-fulfillment, thank you very much. But Jesus says, if you wish to be my disciple, denying self is a discipline. Come, follow me. Let's pray. Father God, while this morning has been heavy in the word, it's a clear reminder or two of your love for us, for I am very much aware that for one, for a parent, for anyone to be disciplined, for a parent to discipline a child, a family member, it's not so much, it's not about just being mean and nasty. It's about love. I want to see you do well. I want to see you discover what I have discovered. And so, Lord, when we come to the foot of the, the cross, when we come to our own lives, thinking back to Perhaps us receiving Jesus, if you've received Jesus, 
looking back to our baptism and saying, yes, Lord, thinking of the songs that we sing and so on. Help us, Lord, in our journey with you as followers, disciples, as apprentices to Jesus to regularly just come before you to practice some of these ways of Jesus, these disciplines, to practice self-denial, which we all struggle with, but just to see what is on offer here, what is buried within us already in Jesus. And help us to journey and discover the richness of Christ in us, the hope of glory, which is going to be bloody awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Help us to soak in that, Lord. To soak in that. To soak in that. So that we might see the depth of your love and your goodness as you seek to lead us into practicing the ways of Jesus more and more, of denying self and following you. For we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.